I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Oh, happy September and happy Friday. This is the show that gives you a positive escape from all the crap around you. It is time to nerd out on the things that better our lives. Captain's back, and we're finishing our musical journey today. Captain's origin is also back. We're reviewing the documentary, Val. Captain's got a lot of stories to tell from his walkabout, so that's going to take a while. I don't honestly know how we're going to fit all this in. Whom did they choose? Here's Summer. Here's Summer? But the man's a fool. He's a total mediocrity. No, 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 no. He has yet to achieve mediocrity. Let's rock it! Oh, welcome back to The Real Brian Show and Captain Influence. Welcome back! (laughs) Oh, dude, that that was hard. (laughs) It's so hard to laugh like that. Synchronize. That was really good. (laughs) Yes, I am back. Coming from you live, coming to you, excuse me, live from the land of enchantment, uh, with me, with rocking my uh, fifty thousand dollars headphones. By the way, fifty thousand dollars, dude. When Mister What said that you could buy a set of headphones for fifty k, I was all over it. I went on Amazon, <sighs> said, "Oh, there it is." I put it on a new Look, credit card. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Boom. And you does it sound n- okay? You have no intention of paying it off, right? <laughs> no, of course not, dude. Come on. <laughs> This is America. $50,000 headphones, man. Would you kidnap <laughs> Jesse Clinton? That, that was blew me away. <laughs> that is, I couldn't believe that. I was going on and looking at those two, and I, I was looking, just going, seriously? I mean, let's be completely honest. The headphones that I'm rocking right now are studio quality headphones. They are not the best headphones in the world, but they are freaking amazing, and they were $150. Yeah. Yeah, I have similar ones. I have some Corsair somethings, uh, but they're like gaming headphones with a little mic, you know? Yeah. Which is why I don't sound quite as sexy today because I'm with the, my gaming headphones. But um, okay. the ones that Mr. What said he had, uh, the I forget what they were called, uh, but um, I, know. I, look, I looked those up and they're like $350 some dollars, something like that. So He got them on sale too, so I know that they do have sales down to 250 to 300 which is reasonable if they're a yeah. good set of headphones. Exactly, yep. I've got them bookmarked yep. as well because as you know, I had three pairs of these current headphones and you've worn them before. One of them oh, is yeah. dead. Compl- I mean, basically it finally fell apart. You got to understand though, these headphones were purchased in 2010, I think. And this was back when we were doing radio. So there are they a lot used. of people who have used these headphones. And yes, I've <laughs> disinfected them, by the way, many, many, many times. Oh, why bother? Come on. <laughs> earwax. Oh, I love earwax. <laughs> it's an inert. It's an inert mm. substance. No one cares if they get someone Tastes else's good. earwax on their ears. Do they? Well, no, you, you eat it. You know, come oh, on, the yeah. earwax jelly beans or the, what were they, the birdie bots? Don't even go there. Yeah, when All right. Dumbledore's like, hmm, <laughs> a lash, <laughs> earwax. Gross. <laughs> it is disgusting, man. At least it's not vomit. Ugh, it's close, Dude, though. I, we only have a month away to start eating those again. <laughs> I, 
I'm purposely rerouting this conversation. I, I really loved last week's episode with Mr. Webb, oh, by the way. I just listened you. to it. Uh, and it was so relaxing to listen to him. And he's really articulate. So yeah. I hope we have, he's, I hope we can have him on again. He's so soothing. You know, you listen to him and I'm like, man, you, I mean, later I'm just going, he's so chill. I just, hey. Yeah. It's just, hey, hey, man, man. What's up? Yeah. And it's totally him too. That's this thing. Like oh. when he's really excited, that's how he gets excited. <laughs> I, I mean, I know Jason from many, many years back and we've had, he's just a cool guy. Just a positive dude. Well, he, he did mention cereal passions and I have to admit my cereal passion is honey nut Cheerios. Mm. Yeah. I would like to debate that cereal is not a food. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's just sugar. Um, you would lose that debate. It's uh, sugar. It's, it is a food. <laughs> okay. How about this? It's not a proper food. Uh, I don't know. You know, what's funny is that I, I don't know. I actually have no idea. I never eat, ate cereal. I was never into that. So really? I don't Even really have, kid? I, okay. So to be fair, my parents really didn't like cereal cause that was a kind of thing. And of course the fun cereal was fruit loops and you know, all those sugary ones that have no substance at all really. Yeah. So I really wasn't allowed to eat much of that, but that's fine because I ate pancakes or eggs or oatmeal <laughs> or whatever, you know, and we ate better foods anyway, but you had proper food. Okay. Proper food, you know? And Did then I? I decided, okay, well, there's some other, I just never get into that stuff. You know, everybody in college ate cereal, especially freshman year. <laughs> I would eat cereal and I'd get an hour before I'd be starving again. I'm like, it just has no, no nutrients, man. I mean, some of them do now. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Have Must you, be green. Must pop, pop, pop. Did I did I ever tell you my honey nut Cheerios story from when I was about nine years old? No. Did you get stung by the bee? No. Oh, okay. Um. So I was my 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 dad had left me alone when I was nine years old. It was a Saturday morning, so I was watching Saturday morning cartoons. I was watching Dungeons and Dragons. Remember that one? Well, I I know Dungeons and Dragons, but I never watched that cartoon. Okay. Sorry for you. It was awesome. <laughs> um. Anyway, I was uh, so he left me alone because he just had to go to the airport to pick my mother up from a from a trip, and um, or maybe he was dropping her off. Either way, uh, so he wasn't going to leave me alone very long. But I was only nine. He left me. I was he was probably gone for like an hour or so, maybe mm-hmm. maybe an hour and a half. And I was just sitting there watching uh, cartoons, Dungeons and Dragons, with my a bowl of honey nut Cheerios. And suddenly, my my messed up brain at that time thought that I was choking on a honey nut Cheerio. I wasn't weird, but I thought I was. I started to panic. I called 911. <laughs> they huh. sent an ambulance and a fire truck to my house. Oh my gosh. They picked me up. They took me to a hospital. They determined that I was fine. Wait, they didn't check you before picking you up? Well, no, they just knew this kid was calling and saying he was choking. But so I mean, they have to react. Right? They didn't check on you in person at your house to determine whether or not you needed to go to the hospital first. They might have, but again, I was only nine, so okay. I don't really no, remember the exact curious. details. I just remember I got to ride in an ambulance. I was excited. Yeah. <laughs> and my, 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 my dad and mom got home, found me gone, found a note from the emergency uh, you know, personnel saying, we took your kid to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a note, they, hey, they had dad a, took your kid. <laughs> they, they had a bill for an amp. They ended up having to pay for an ambulance uh, ride, which, which well, yeah, you know, call you for know, ransom. There you go. Which back then was, which was like a couple hundred dollars or something like that, which oh, yeah. now would be like thousands or whatever. But, yeah. um, and then, and then they got a, they got a call from uh, child protection services because they had left me alone for oh a certain amount of gosh. time when I was too young. So yeah, that's, they were, they were pretty upset. Um, 
Yeah. I only found out about, I only found out about that part many years later, but anyway, that's so why I had a, an story. You got a kidnapping, your dad got a kidnapping <laughs> ransom note and then got a call from child protective services. Yeah. Wow. Dude, wow. Having kids. That's insane. Having kids. So this is my question is why did your brain think you were choking? I was a little messed up in the head back then. Um, okay. Yeah, I had I had some issues in the head. I I thought for uh, for like a year or so when I was a kid, I thought that I had a hair in my throat that I was Weird. that I was constantly clearing my throat to get this hair out. I wasn't. I was fine. Uh, and by the way, everyone, I I I turned out perfectly normal, more or less. Uh, yeah. My friends might disagree with that statement, but yeah. um, did you sniff a lot yeah, of I'd, model glue when you were a kid? No. Okay. Well, I mean. Every kids in the eighties sniff <laughs> well, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, we sniffed markers. We remember those little tubes of uh, oh, the they were like this. Markers? No, well, yeah, those two. But yeah. remember those tube? You could buy these tubes of the of this really toxic chemical, and it comes with this straw, and you would put a little little bit of the like this rubberish. It was like a rubber latex type of of material. No. Uh, you'd put it on the end of this little straw, and then if you blew through the straw, it would make this very colorful bubble. Some oh. of you out there listening remember this stuff. Yeah, I know. I don't remember that. Uh, right now, it's probably violently illegal because <laughs> it was so toxic. But back then, wow. you could buy this stuff in the 80s uh, and, and earlier. And it was just, you just blew these big, colorful bubbles of latex um, Weird. from this little tube of toxic chemical. And uh, so, yeah, we had that stuff. We had lawn darts. I mean, come on. What? There were so many things that could kill a kid back in the 80s. It was ridiculous. So, I'm just curious because... Well, first of all, it's amazing how powerful the brain is that you actually thought that there was something in your throat, whether yeah. it was a Cheerio or a hair, and then your body reacts to it like that's really there because your brain is so powerful and it's telling you that. So that's interesting. Right. Well, but the second thing is, is choking? did you have choking? something that was causing that hair in the throat feeling like acid reflux or something like that that you didn't know about back then? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Interesting weird right that is weird dude but that's a good story man <laughs> that is a great story bro so i have a few comments on that episode number one were you guys on video chat when he showed you his lightsaber because you were like oh look at that that's really cool i mean were you guys looking at it or something we connected on zoom actually this time oh, normally okay. you and i are on discord or we will uh, be on ecam and stuff but he was having a problem with discord for some reason it was not coming through audio wise it was all garbled and so we went over to zoom and then he turned his video on really quickly and showed me which I thought that's really cool and no one can see it, but that's going to be the bitty, the beauty of going to video is uh, being able to see that kind of stuff. Nice. So yes, it was cool though. It was a nice lightsaber. The second thing is I had no idea walking dead was still going. Uh, so that was news <laughs> to me. <laughs> like I said, it's, I it's like Simpsons or, you know, whatever ER that's, you know, I swear Homer's going to be like the, the old dude that's like, turn it up that guy, you know, by the time yeah, they finish the show grandma. and then with right. walking dead, I mean, why don't they just keep going? Why are they doing a final season? Why can't they go for the next 20, 30 years? Also, Lock and Key. I was so excited to hear Lock and Key was on season two. That was that just that just got my attention. October is when it Wait, comes I, out. Oh, I thought you guys said that they were already in episode three or something like that. One of you said that. No. Weird. Okay, I no. mis, I misheard. So I'm are glad you to hear it's coming what out. If, or I'm glad to hear it's coming out. Yeah, October is when and it then, comes out. And then the last thing is I really need to start getting into VR gaming now that I have a relief band for my nausea. <laughs> yeah. uh, because, you know, I'd, I'd, I've been waiting Beat to get saber. a VR, VR helmet for the longest time or a headset because I didn't want to get motion sick. Um, yeah. But now I have something that should help against that and uh, I need to get into it. I really do. Dude, when Jason was telling, me, telling us about Beat Saber, I was just going, oh, 
<laughs> I, I know so badly. Totally. Well, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. The one that he has, isn't it the same one that Lord Thunder has? I don't know. Whatever it is, you guys have one that, that is apparently phenomenal, but it isn't cheap either. That's the problem. You got to kind of invest in it and then you got to yeah. get used to it. You have to have plenty of room because it was funny when we were playing Star Trek bridge crew with Lord Thunder, Right. you could actually <laughs> see his body in, you know, in screen moving because he's on an actual starship bridge and he's looking around and he said it literally felt like he was sitting, you know, in the chair on the bridge. Right. But every time he would move around, he said, there's a lot of, what did they, you know, he had to have like the, uh, the sensors in a certain position yes, so that it, yeah. it registered him correctly. He had to make sure he had plenty of room cause he was hitting things and <laughs> you know, stuff like that. There's all kinds of little, Oh, and then I heard somebody was selling a, one of those stationary treadmills, you know, the ones that go 360 oh, yeah. degrees, like in right. Whatever that movie. And then, um, uh, in a totally ready player one. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> the book ready player one, the movie. <laughs> They Ember. have something kind of like that. I don't know if it's it's nowhere near as advanced as Ready Player One, of course, but right. somebody was talking about selling one, and I went, "Ooh, hmm. well, dude." So I'm I'm live in. I said the land of enchantment. I am in New Mexico right now. I am in a. I'm at a spa resort called Ojo Caliente, which is oh. near Taos, um, and it's like it was it was started in 1868 as a sanitarium, which back then a sanitarium was where people went from, you know, mostly from out East where they went to live if they had tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they call them sanitariums. They just did. Yeah. Uh, you weren't insane. You just had tuberculosis. Uh, so it was started for that back in yeah. 1868. That's crazy. So this yeah. is a really, I mean, the, where we're, uh, the room I'm in is, is very new, but the, the resort itself and the springs that we get to soak in every day are, uh, are long, very old. So that's cool. Yeah, it's a really nice place. So, Ojo Caliente, which Caliente means hot, you know, like... Oh, you're yeah. hot. Why, thank you, so are you. <laughs> but <laughs> what, what does hot Ojo eye. mean? Hot eye. eye. Okay, Ojo is yeah. eye. So, hot eye. So, whenever yeah. I walk up, you know, and somebody's just got beautiful eyes, I should be like, ooh, Ojo Caliente. Si, si, yeah. muy. Next time I'll muy say caliente. that to you. Yeah, I'll be like, ooh, Tony. Ojo Caliente. Oh, oh. Brian, what did I tell you about coming on to me? Come on. I'm sorry. Anyway. So you're on. <laughs> this is cool. You are on hotel Wi-Fi. Yes, it's really good. I'm, I'm kind of impressed. It's the best Wi-Fi I've had the entire trip. Well, I was going to so. say they are they are notorious for being terrible. Right. And I was really worried right. that your connection wasn't going to come through very well. But so far, so good. Yeah. It may cut in and out once in a while, which you you did once. But, you know, oh, you're, okay. on a, you're on hotel Wi-Fi. So. This is pretty impressive, <laughs> I, I'm, which I should mention one other thing too. <laughs> we are practicing today, doing the show raw, uncut, which means <laughs> unedited, completely unedited. So what we say Weird. is going out there and I hope it's okay. <laughs> and we're practicing for the video. So let me give you a little right. bit of an update here is I finally, finally had some time. Last week I was mentioning how I've just been so busy and I haven't had time at all. Finally, uh, towards the end of last week and then the beginning of this week and all that, I had some time to sit down and do some research and and finally start going, okay, how do I figure out the sound issue? I am really, really close now. The good news is, is I have it working enough that, let's put it this way, it's good enough to get started. So it's not perfect. It's not where I want it. It's not where my, you know, trained ears want to hear it, but it's close enough that most people aren't really going to notice any difference. 
so we can at least get started on video. Let's just say next week when you, you know, are home and when everything I'm like back that. Back in my studio, yeah. Yeah, and then in two weeks we're not going to have an episode anyway, so we're going to we're going to try it out next week. Maybe we'll put it up on YouTube. I don't know, but we're at least doing video to practice, get it going for sure. And then in three weeks, we will definitely actually just go for it. And you know what? If it sucks, uh, well, then, you know. Oh, no. We suck again. But I am going to we're going to do it either way and we're going to practice and we're going to get better and better and better each and every time. And that's all that matters. I love your new soundboard. No, I, I can just hear Mike, Mike listening on. Come on. Yeah, really, guys? Yeah. How many times have you told us you're going to have video next week? Really? <laughs> Ugh. I know he someone's yeah. going to come on. You've been. No, really, though, we are. We are definitely recording video next week. Whether or not you're going to see it, I don't know, because I, I don't know. I'm knocking but, on this wood table right here. I'm sitting. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's ready to go. I mean, you you know that you have to be on your laptop, unfortunately, still. We've, we've still got problems with your PC. Well, yeah, we but, have to go through my laptop, but I can I can hook yeah. it up to my my uh, webcam and it'll look good. It just no one will know I'm on a laptop. That's all. That's all that matters. Well, I did a it was an online conference last week, and I got to be honest, like it's a video conference. I, there has been a lot of stuff, as you know, that has happened, you know, for, from a work perspective, from actually both of our sides um, with mm-hmm. Delta, some other stuff that's been going on over the last couple of months. That's just on, honestly, it's pushed us back and I haven't had the time to figure this out and I hate troubleshooting. I'm tired of troubleshooting because right. that's all I'm doing. It seems like. Yeah, it gets old. So I had to take a little bit of a break. Also, I had to literally because I didn't have the time to do it. And then this little online video conference last week, which was really cool. And by video, I mean, it was about video. Mm-hmm. It was kind of this. They, they said a few things like you just got to simplify some stuff. And unfortunately, when you're trying to live stream a show like ours, there is it's anything but simple. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I don't know why we got into this, but whatever it is. Uh, we committed. We got to We got to follow through. So they were just saying, you know, just get out there and just go for it. You'll figure it out as you go. Hopefully your listeners and your viewers will be somewhat gracious about it and they'll forgive you for it. <laughs> right. hope, you know, that's the goal. That's what we're going to do. And also I was thankful that I, I got a couple of finally good steps in the right direction as far as figuring out the sound. And I think we can do it. So yeah, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good solution to get started with. And that way, you can see us so that when people awesome. like Mr. What says, Hey, look at this lightsaber. You can see it. And I've got some stuff to show here today. I can't wait. So, and we got all our cool shirts and everything we got to show off. I'm and my posters. Yeah, exactly. So and my abs. Oh, dude, I really can't wait for that. That's going to be the best part of the show. Just going to be you, you like lifting your shirt up and everyone's going to be like, Oh my gosh, I can do that pack thing that, that, my, that, uh, that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger can do, you know? Yeah. There you go. Peck, oh peck, yeah. Peck, 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 you know that left yeah. right peck. Yeah. Camera I one, got that camera, two, camera one, camera two. Exactly. Yeah. Well, as a reminder, the practice for today, because when we go on video, if we actually live stream, <laughs> there's no editing. You can't edit because it's out there. It's live streamed. So one of the things that I do, well, not one of the things that <laughs> there's a lot of things that I do with this, but when I edit a show, I go through and I not only listen for ums and uhs because we all say that we all have our crutch phrases. Most people go right. like all the time, <laughs> like um, what like, everybody, um, everybody says that getting better at that is a lot of work. It's very hard work. Most of us know if you actually sat down and listen to how many times you say um, uh, like whatever it is, your crutch phrases are, you will be blown away and then you'll go, <laughs> man, I didn't realize how many times I said that. 
Yeah. So when you're editing that, you know, I try to clean most of that stuff up to make it sound natural, but then I also will edit for content. So if I go off on a negative rant and I go, you know, that really wasn't very positive. It doesn't benefit any listener at all, including myself. I should probably take that out of the show. Right. That's a good thing. Or yes, if, but. you know, you're cussing or, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh no. man, my my potty mouth. Tell you what, all the time you're just like, you know what? I anyway, it, it's fine though. You you don't really do that, but no. the point is, is that I always have to go through and really take care of that stuff to make it cleaned up. And also, we'd like to try to keep it to around that 45 minute mark for each episode these days. Well, I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to edit anything at all. So what what we're recording is what you're going to hear. I hope we're good enough for live. I haven't done a live show in a long time. I used to do live radio all the time. I used to do live shows. You, I don't have you ever done it? No. So this not. is your this is your first one, man. Yeah. Welcome. Weird. So that's the thing is that when you start going live and yeah, everything gets out there and you kind of regret what you say sometimes. So we just got to be very careful about that. But the reality is this: I hope you enjoyed this live and unedited version of the show. I would like to know, though, does it does it sound as good um, or do we sound, you know, less eloquent? Maybe it's not as tight as normal because I like to tighten the or, show up when I edit or more long winded. Yeah, exactly. Or do you like this raw and uncut version of the episode? So tell us like you can say this like, oh, Captain and Brian. Oh, you're hot. You know, you can do that. <laughs> That was awesome. Uh, you know, we love this raw and uncut. Or you could be like, oh, no, we suck again. So it's your choice, but you have to tell us. Do you like this or not? Okay. Do it. Yeah. Give us an origin, dude. It's been two weeks. Dude, I know. Are you guys ready? Okay. So I have to thank uh, Mark the Wraith for, he gave us a whole list of origins that he'd been coming up with, awesome. uh, phrases and such. Some of them I'd already, I'd already done, but several of them I had not. So uh, I appreciate that. This one's coming from his list. So. This one's going to be let the cat out of the bag yes. or who let the cat out of the bag, right? Or who let the dogs now, out? Uh, hang on. That's a different so one. <laughs> from Wiki- According to Wikipedia, letting the cat out of the bag, also letting the cat out of the box sometimes, is a colloquialism meaning to reveal facts previously hidden. It could refer to uh, revealing a conspiracy to its target, letting an outsider into an inner circle of knowledge like explaining an inside joke, or the revelation of a plot twist in a movie or play. It can also mean to reveal a secret carelessly or by mistake. Okay. Um, the derivation of the phrase is not clear. One suggestion is that the phrase refers to the whip-like, quote, cat o' nine tails, unquote, an instrument of punishment once used on Royal Navy vessels, British Royal Navy vessels. The instrument was pur- purportedly uh, stored in a red sack, and a sailor who revealed, the trans- who revealed the transgressions of another would be, quote, letting the cat out of the bag, unquote. Okay. Another suggested derivation from, is from the, quote, pig in a poke scam, where a customer at an old school country market buying a piglet in a sack, yes, they apparently were sold in sacks uh, back in the day, would, uh, would actually be sold a less valuable cat and would not realize the deception until the bag was opened. Now, both of these suggestions were rejected by Snopes.com, who find no evidence of it originating in naval slang, nor of whips being stored in sacks and consider it nigh on impossible to mistake a cat for a pig. I would agree with that second one for sure. So, hmm. <laughs> so those are the two, those are the two origins that, that um, most people as, uh, as, uh, ascribe to the saying 
or at least that the internet will ascribe to the saying, but it sounds like neither of them is likely. Uh, however, it is known that, uh, that a Johannes Agricola, Agricola, excuse me, who was a famous German Protestant reformer mm-hmm. of the 16th century, made reference to the expression, quote, let the cat out of the bag, in a letter to renowned anti-Semite and father of Protestantism, Martin Luther, on May 4th, 1530. So it has been used uh, for centuries. Hmm. Well, yeah. we do know that, you know, the cat of nine tails was an instrument of punishment. We know that. Yes. But that doesn't make any sense about, oh, who let the cat out of the bag turning into, you know, oh, it revealed a secret. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So I can see where that would be rejected. And then, like you said, the mistaking a cat for a pig. Yeah. That, okay. So huh. anyone who owns a cat knows that's BS. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I wonder, <laughs> man, that that's a, that's an interesting one. So really nobody yeah. knows is what you're saying. It's so old right. now that yeah. there's really no recorded. Huh? Yeah. So that's one of those, right? Wow. But we, but we do know that it has been at least in use since the 16th century. So, okay. Well, if we come across 80. a more C. plausible explanation at some point, you know, let us know. Yeah, please. Please that's, do. That's and too bad. again, and thanks for the, to the Wraith uh, and anyone else who wants to send me uh, suggestions for these origins, please do. These are, these are, I do these so that you guys don't have to Google them yourselves. Not to mention it's really fun and it's really interesting and you go, oh man, I never knew that. So that's cool. Well, Well, that is the primary reason. You're right. Exactly. Well, thank you for doing that. Yeah. We have our last week of music here and we said we were going to wrap up with classical, which is exciting. And then we got to talking before the show saying, well, shoot, what are we going to do next? Because this, (laughs) this series has been fun. It's been fun having a topic that kind of continues on that we can enjoy. So I was kind of just randomly saying we could do movies through the decades and you were like, Oh yes, let's do that. So what do you guys think? Like instead of music through the decades, we would start with our favorite top five movies from 20, 2020 and 2021 and do the exact same thing we did, you know, 2010 through 2019 and 2000s, nineties, eighties, et cetera. Top five ish movies from each decade. I think that'd be fun because I know that not everybody really nerds out on music, but I'm pretty sure just about all of us nerd out on movies of some kind. And depending on, you know, if you're an avid movie watcher or a, you know, like a nostalgic classic movie watcher, this is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. It will be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. In fact, I think we should just do it whether they want us to or not. Let's we, just do it. We lose all, all the listeners. Everyone's <laughs> bye. I hate this show. I don't want to listen to you guys anymore. And then all of a sudden it's just like, wow, cool. We're talking to ourselves and then I'll just be like <laughs> crying. <laughs> just like every other day. Oh, no. Uh, not again. Why don't you give us our mix? <laughs> your, your mix. That's what I meant to say. What's okay, so my classical list? mix. Yeah. So uh, classical, you know, for me, I, uh, I first got into classical uh, when I was around fifth grade or so. Uh, an art teacher of mine. Um, uh, basically, it was, it, was the, it was the movie Amadeus, which is, <sighs> was our intro uh, clip. Yeah. Um, uh, that's what really got me started into, you know, appreciating classical music. Uh, and so several of my uh, top top five are Mozart uh, as a result. Uh, Mozart was the first composer that I really got into because I was not trained classically like you were. So mm-hmm. I have an appreciation for classical music, but I was never as as full on into it as you were. Sure. So number five is a Mozart Symphony 9 in A, the first movement. 
Um, I just love this piece. This is on the Amadeus soundtrack, by the way. I love this piece because there's a little part throughout where the violins sound like they're playing the old Stouffer's Pizza theme song. <laughs> Help yourself to Stouffer's Pizza. Help yourself to Stouffer's Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> just have it, go back and uh, maybe you can YouTube the the old Stouffer's Pizza commercials. Uh, their theme song from back in the eighties, at least maybe in the into the nineties too, sounds just like the, the this movement. So. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number four, uh, Mozart uh, Serenade for the Winds, yeah. third movement. Yep. This this is also on the Amadeus soundtrack. It's a beautiful trio. Uh, or uh, what would you call it when three instruments? Uh, yeah. It's not a duet. It's a tree triad. Okay, yeah, it's a, it bassoon and, a bassoon, an oboe, and a clarinet. Oh, I remember. Number, I know what you're talking yeah. about with that one, too. When that oboe comes in, you're just like, oh. Even oh talk, I can yeah. hear it. Yeah. I can hear it right now. And, and, and in the movie, uh, uh, Mori- Moriarty, uh, what, was, what was his name? Um, uh, Mo- Mozart's rival. Salieri. Uh, Salieri. Mor- Moriarty. I'm like, Moriarty is that's Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock yeah. Holmes. <laughs> Salieri. <laughs> Salieri. <laughs> Salieri. Uh, he, he describes the, this, this particular song or this, sorry, yes. this particular composition. Yeah. And it's just awesome. Um, number three, uh, Mozart again, symphony number 25 in G minor, <sighs> the first movement. It's yeah, the theme of Mamadeus. Yes. So, like I one. said, Amadeus was my indoctrination into classical music when I was in fifth grade. My art teacher, Mr. Sarmo, uh, was huge into the film and soundtrack, and he got me hooked. My friend and I used to go into art class an hour before school started every morning, and we would just work on drawings and other projects uh, while Mr. Sarmo got his classroom ready for the day, and we would listen to the soundtrack frequently. So, yeah, uh, number, cool. number two, Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture, the whole mm. thing. This was my favorite classical piece for a long time. Uh, we listened to it in middle school humanities class, which is what, what they call social studies. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do they call it nowadays? I have um, no idea. Anyway, it was humanity, civics, uh, humanities class, and my teacher explained the story being played in, played in each movement. So oh, cool. the 1812 Overture is like many composition, well, comp, you know, classical compositions from back in the day, told a story. Uh, with each movement. And so it was really, uh, once, once I knew that, it really got me into it. Um, then that was like, that was like seventh grade. So then my number one is Ravel Bolero. I love the gradual crescendo and repetition of this piece for some reason. I honestly can't say why this is my favorite classical piece, but it has been for decades. It's very repetitive. It's just this gradual, it starts out really, really quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, just yeah. get, and it just goes and it just repeats it over and over. Just it's that like thirteen that minutes, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's fairly long, but mm-hmm. it just gets louder and louder and louder. And I love listening to this piece in live symphonies as well because nice. I've gone to at least two or three symphonies in my life where they played this piece, that's and cool. I went to that symphony because they were going to play this piece. Nice. So that's my list. Oh, and then my yeah. honorable mentions are just there's three of them: Beethoven's uh, Piano Sonata Number no. Fourteen in C in C sharp minor, mm. uh, which is actually the Moonlight Sonata. Yes. Um, it's it's fairly famous. Uh, it's then the one Bach, everybody knows, uh, the slow one. Yes. And then Johann Sebastian Bach's his Cello Suite Number no. One in G major. Mm. It was uh, that that was in the movie uh, Master and Commander. Oh, among okay. probably several others. Yeah. Um, and then Handel, uh, his Keyboard Suite Number no. Four in D minor. Uh, three Sarabande. Nice. So very nice. Yeah, that's my that's my list. And of course, all of these will be in our classical list that we're going to have. You know, TRBS top classical is what it's called. 
and it's in, in Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. So even if you're not on Spotify, go in and grab the music from it. You can listen to it and put it in whatever you listen to. But yeah, it's some good stuff here. That's stuff. cool. You know, I wanted to share something that I learned that I'm, I know everybody doesn't know this, but I'm sure some of you do, but it was kind of fun when I was in, cause I did a music minor. I thought about mm-hmm. double majoring in music. And I think I've mentioned this before, but it was going to be a five year plan. <laughs> Oh, wow. Because of all of the stuff you had to do for a music major, it was it was always like because it was piano performance and it was always a five year no matter what you did. And I said, yeah, no, I don't want to be in college for five years. So I didn't do that, but I did a minor <laughs> instead. Also, I didn't necessarily want to go perform, you know, at uh, on Broadway or whatever. Like I, I wasn't all about going to do classical music for the rest of my life, even though right, I love right. it. It's as you know, I'm a multi passionate multi pass multi pass. So I like too much variety to have done that. What was really cool is as we were studying music, what you think of classical music is old stuff, but then they would sit down and they would break everything out. You know, they had like the Renaissance period and then they had the Baroque period, which was, you know, Bach Handel, and, uh, all those guys, you know, those, those I'm trying to think of like, it was was Mozart Baroque or was he, he wasn't Renaissance. No, he wasn't. So Baroque was like Vivaldi was it back in that time. And then you okay. get into what they called the classical period, of, which was Mozart, Beethoven. Oh, that was, okay. uh, I think, who else was in there? Um, I'm totally spacing. You know, I, like I knew all this stuff a long time ago. So now I put on the spot, of course, but just say Mozart, Beethoven. Now, interestingly enough, Beethoven started in classical and then ended in the romantic period, which was the next oh. time was romantic, which would be like Brahms and uh, Chopin, um, Grieg, some of those other guys that were in there, Debussy, um, some of those Debussy, guys. Debussy, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So yeah, Tchaikovsky was romantic, um, and then you get into the after that, it was like the twentieth. Well, yeah, it was twentieth century, but some of those, it, it kind of depended. So you know, then you start getting into some of the more modern stuff. So like Holst that did the planets and stuff like that, which by the way, that's on my mm-hmm. honorable mention. So I'll just mention mm-hmm. that now. Um, the Rodeo, Aaron Copeland, he was in kind of that 20th century. Gershwin is in that 20th century, but oh, then you yeah. have all that really weird dissonant 20th century music. That uh, is, let's just see how much of a cacophonous noise we can make and call it a masterpiece. Yeah, and some people yeah. love that stuff. I think I I, yeah, it is uh, like eating sour patch kids with no sweet. Like imagine just sour, just basically just <laughs> dousing yourself, drinking nonstop apple cider vinegar with nothing to cut it. No, honey. Oh, it's like, Ugh. it's like drinking an IPA. How about that? I think that's too good. A lot of people like IPAs, but to I me, know. it's just sour. It's just bitter. Yeah. I don't like it, bitter beer. I like bitter plus something else. I like melody, but anyway, it's kind of cool to go through those <laughs> ages, you know? So anyway, good stuff, man. All right. Well, here's my list. And of course I go in my, my number one first and this one, <laughs> Edvard Grieg piano concerto in oh. a minor. This was, it's still to this day, one of my absolute favorite, favorite classical pieces. I performed it and <laughs> I spent many, many, many years learning this piece because it was so hard. It still is like ridiculously difficult, but what was really cool is uh, as I would try out new pianos, kind of like, oh, let's buy a new piano. I would go and I would play that on each piano to test out the full range of the piano because oh, you really okay. use the whole 88 keys almost. It's really cool. Extremely challenging, but just a beautiful, fun piece. So you were that dude in the piano store. You I, were that guy. Yeah, but I would only play a little <laughs> bit because I wasn't like, I would go in going, okay, I feel a little self-conscious. I'm not trying to show off here. I just want to know what it sounds like. 
But I mean, I was not the best. Believe me, there were a lot of other people that were far better than me. So I was just doing my thing. Um, Mozart, man, number two Mozart. Yeah. You know, when you mentioned Amadeus and stuff like that, Mozart, see, it's so funny because he was one of the more, yeah, I would say beginning uh, artists and composers that I learned about as well. Mm hmm. And it was so funny because I did study him a lot. In fact, I, I learned a lot about Mozart. I mean, it was ridiculous. I did a whole paper on him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I loved his music. And if, it was funny because in one hand, I thought his music was absolutely genius. And on the other hand, I would be like, it's kind of simple too. You know, it's actually kind of mm, easy yeah. to play, huh. which was fun. Not always, but it was, it was a lot easier than some of the other stuff I played. But a friend of mine from high school, he and I used to play the piano together. It was so fun. We do those two piano duets that I mentioned, you know, when we, I mentioned that earlier, I think during the, yeah, it was during okay. classical. Cause I mentioned that with the, uh, Oh, the, the movie, <laughs> the last of the Mohicans. I wanted to say Lord of the Rings, but oh, yes. last right. of the Mohicans, you know? So he and I did all kinds of stuff. We would dueling piano stuff all the time and all that. He was better classically than I was. I mean, he was phenomenal at the piano and he gave it up unfortunately, but he would imitate Mozart. It was funny. His, his personality would be very Mozart like from Amadeus. That is, and just a lot of the stuff that he would do on the piano. Yeah. I mean, he didn't laugh like that, but he really did take on a lot of those characteristics, which was kind of funny. Um, but then we both, there's that scene in Almadeus where he's playing upside down and he hands his hands yeah. crossed over the piano. We both learned <laughs> yeah. how to play like that. It was really funny. Oh my gosh. So we would do all kinds of crazy stuff upside down, you know, cause of course we had to put on a show in high school and stuff. It was fun, but <laughs> And of so they course, told him to imitate Salieri. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, and then we'd, we'd play music by ear just like that. So like I played, um, Chopin's Nocturne in I've got it down here. The Nocturne number two in E flat minor. I sight read that thing. You know, I, I learned actually the Toccata and Fugue by ear for the first part of the song box Toccata and Fugue in D minor. I learned part of that by ear and then I eventually got the music because then it gets kind of difficult after that. But, you know, that was kind of the challenge we had to do. It's like, okay, well, if Mozart can do this, then we got to try to do this. You know, So right. we were stupid, but it was what it was. So my number two is definitely the Requiem. And of course, oh my gosh, I mean, it's so haunting and it's beautiful yeah. and it's powerful and it's genius. Lacrimosa is my favorite, but I had to throw in the, uh, the DS era as well because or era, however they pronounce it, because that's just, oh, it's just, they're so good. So that's number two. Number three is uh WC Claire de Lune. Oh uh, my yes. gosh. I've always loved that piece. It's absolutely beautiful. It's so fun to play. And the joy of that piece was actually resurrected for me in oceans 11 at the very end, you know, when they're watching the oh, Bellagio okay. fountains and it's playing in the background. And I was like, Oh, that'd be cool to see in Vegas. And then I had a conference in Vegas. And the first time that I got to see the Bellagio fountains, it played Claire de Lune. And I was uh, like, no way. Uh, this uh, is so cool. That's awesome. All right. Number four, Smetna or Smetana. However you pronounce uh, people, you know, potato, potato. I say Smetna, Bidrick, the Moldau. Oh my gosh. So it's about a river called the Moldau. I thought when I first heard it, that it reminded me of like, I don't know, a large ship on the ocean, like a, like a Spanish galleon, you know, a pirate ship that was cruising on the ocean and flowing over the giant waves. That's what it sounds like to me. And then I'm like, oh, well, it's about the river flowing. Okay, cool. It's still about water and it sounds like it's about water. It's actually what an 11 minute piece. Most of these are, we were amazed how long most of these are. It's amazing, but just so beautiful. I listen to it frequently and I especially listen to it in the fall. It's one of my fall pieces, which is funny. Number five is box Toccata and Fugue in D minor. Like I mentioned, by the way, I had a chance to play that on the massive full wall pipe organ at Colorado state. Oh, 
Oh my gosh. I mean, the the room shakes when you get to that bottom part because Is you're that the, the, yeah. okay. And when you go to the bottom that yeah. but the yeah. whole room is like it's like, oh, yeah. this is so cool. <laughs> That's um, awesome. I got to tell you though, when you're used to pedaling on a piano off, you're pedaling offbeat because you want to make sure that when you pedal, it doesn't jerk. Right. Okay. You know, so you're pedaling off beat, but when you're on an organ, you're actually playing notes and it looks like a little keyboard where your feet are. Okay. That's really hard to do if you're not used to it, but I had to learn. So that was fun. Cool. Anyway, good times. And then I'll fly through these last ones. Uh, Mozart, the symphony number 25 in G minor. Like you said, that one is, is my number six Tchaikovsky okay. piano concerto number one in B flat major. Amazing. You'll notice a little theme here. Piano focused pieces. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh my gosh. Number eight, Mozart, Don Giovanni. Don Giovanni. I, I can't do opera. You don't want me to. <laughs> I surprisingly love opera actually. And that one, dude, the guy that sings that in the Amadeus soundtrack is so powerful. I mean, I oh, suck. Yeah. He is awesome. Wow. It's so good. Like listening to that, you know, I love the magic flute. Just so many good operas, if they're done right, are fun. Number nine, Vivaldi, the four seasons. I mean, I love the whole four seasons. And yes, spring is yeah, amazing, nice but one. to me, it's overplayed. I love the summer one because it's it's a summer storm. You know, that, I can't I can't even imitate <laughs> it because it's so fast, but it's it's imitating like a a storm and stuff and the, the rage of summer. It's so awesome. And then I'm also picking the moonlight sonata by Beethoven as number 10, but I'm okay. doing the third movement. That second movement that you mentioned is the normal one. Everybody hears, which by mm-hmm. the way, I sight read that one too. <laughs> that's a really easy piece. If you're trained, that is, if you're not trained, it's hard, but that's fine. So I decided let's learn the third movement. Okay. That was hard. That was really wow. hard. And I not even sure if I ever really mastered it. Cause it was, it's a, it's a really tough one, but fun, fun to play quick, honorable mentions. Another two piano. we mentioned the two pianos. Mozart did a, a concerto for two pianos and that's also in Amadeus. That was a blast to learn and perform and everything. Um, list Liebestrom. Oh dude. Sibelius Finlandia. This was actually one of my grandma's favorites. She used to love that because it was, it was kind of a tune made for Finlandia when Sibelius wrote it, but it's also the theme for the hymn, if you guys know this one, Be Still My Soul. It's kind of cool. Oh, you hear okay. it towards the end of the piece, actually. I had to throw in Tchaikovsky's The Nutcracker. I know it's Christmas oriented, but then again, it's just so good. And Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy is still to this day one of my favorites. Handel's Messiah, the Hallelujah Chorus is awesome. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's powerful. Everyone's heard that. Uh, well, of course they have. Uh, Vivaldi Flute Concerto in G Minor. You know, Vivaldi is known for his violin pieces, but this flute concerto was really cool. Grieg. I mean, I loved Grieg, but that pure Gint suite in the hall of the mountain King. Oh, everybody knows that one. I mean, it's just when it gets going, it's amazing. Chopin polonaise and a flat major. That was a fun one. Another list one Hungarian Rhapsody Gershwin Rhapsody in blue is great. The two Rhapsodies there. Um, I mentioned Holst that did the planets. Mars is awesome. Verdi is La Traviata, which is also, oh man, that's a beautiful piece. And then Wagner, Ride of the Valkyries. Everybody knows that one. You know that. Yep. Exactly. Brahms, Hungarian dance, Beethoven. I love Ode to Joy, but man, when that choral part comes in and it's also featured in Die Hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just okay. so good. Anyway, that's amazing. Berlioz, Les Troyons. That is an amazing opera. It's very different, but the first time I ever heard it was in Star Trek First Contact. And oh, okay. Captain Picard is in his ready room and he's playing it really, really, really loud. And 
Riker comes in and goes Bizet and he turns it off and he's like Berlioz <laughs> and I'm like oh and it's such a good opera it's really really good so check that one out if you if you are a Star Trek fan you'll get that one Barber Adagio for strings that's a famous one it was in platoon um, but it's also just oh beautiful. yes yeah I like that box Brandenburg concerto I think I mentioned that we got to go see that whole thing actually a couple weeks ago live outside the uh, the local symphony did it it was really good so cool to hear but this is the actual you know the whole thing is actually really good and then of course Vivaldi mandolin concerto was fantastic as well I just I loved Vivaldi he's he's a crazy artist was sorry not anymore there you go there you go that's my good list. list good times well again you can go check all that stuff out in our Spotify mix and which will be in the show notes by the way at realbryanshow.com slash 295 you can get all those links right there but so much fun I, I think I'm excited to do the movies I am too I think that's a great idea and we're just going to do it I love it <laughs> all right well here's the oh I wanted to mention you mentioned lock and key season two coming but I also wanted to mention that star girl which I was a huge fan of season one is season two is out it's actually airing right now. I'm so excited. Booyah. So I'll report back on that at some point. Now we finally watched the documentary Val, which of course is about Val Kilmer. And yes. I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about because I saw the preview for it and it's gotten rave reviews. So yeah. I thought let's do it. It's on Amazon prime. Let's check it out. What did you think? So I had no idea what a serious thespian Val Kilmer was. My yeah. first exposure to him was in Top Gun, which is our most of our first exposures to Val Kilmer. Those mm-hmm. of us who are old uh, was in Top Gun in 1986. When I and then I saw Real Genius, which is an earlier film of his, like maybe one or two years earlier, uh, and I loved that a lot. But neither film really showed his acting chops. Yeah, uh, not, nor did Willow or is, what's another movie that he's been in that wasn't. I mean, he just didn't really show off his his top secret his talent. <laughs> Top secret. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it uh, tur- it turns out that he was the youngest person at the time to be admitted to the Juilliard School for Performing Arts in New York City yeah. uh, at the age of seventeen in nineteen seventy seven. So he had some talents even before, well before those movies came out. Yeah. Um, and then he finally got to show his skill in movies like The Doors, oh, yeah. uh, The Ghost in the Darkness, uh, Heat, yeah. um, Tombstone, and oh, several yeah. others. I I had just forgotten how many blockbuster movies Val Kilmer's been in. Um, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's, so, it's interesting cause you know, tombstone, he really, really rocked it. I love what they said though. I, I don't want to give too much away, but this is really something I highly recommend watching, but yeah, he talked about, you know, the death scene in tombstone when doc holiday is dying, he was laying on ice so that he oh, would yeah. actually feel pain like doc holiday would have felt so that he could act it out. Well, and, and I was just like, and cold. well, yeah, exactly. Like, he was freezing. Well, you know, just cold, the cold of death approaching, you know, or what, what, or whatnot. Yeah. But he was also uh, cold, like in real life too. I mean, as he was dying. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. that, oh man, it's crazy. Now um, I was a huge fan of the saint and even though it's kind of cheesy, his acting in that was really, really good. Cause he had to act all of those different roles. Oh yeah, and that's he right. Really got into that, which was cool. I'm a big fan of the saint soundtrack, but go ahead. Oh yes. Yeah. That's fantastic. No, you're right. And it is kind of funny because he was mentioning I love Top Secret, by the way. It's a really fun movie. It's totally <laughs> cheesy. It's very airplane naked gun style. But what is funny about that is he said, yeah, while I was recording fluff, the the girl that he was in love with, which he eventually married and divorced was, you know, performing beautiful, talented stuff. You know, and He's like, I'm filming fluff. Top Secret. Uh-huh. I'm like, but it was funny. Top gun. 
No, Top Gun, he didn't say it was fluff, actually. That was interesting how he got into that and said he had to really get into the character of what Iceman would be like. Let's, okay. you know, let's be as as cocky as he even talked about. Like I, he invented the fact that he invented a backstory for Iceman that was not written. He did it himself. And it was this idea that, you know, his father was absent and, you know, other he, other issues. And so he was this cocky SOB kind of thing. And, you know, then he had yeah. to actually carry on this rivalry with Tom Cruise even off, off camera. Yeah. Just yeah, so that camera, he could keep yeah. on keeping character. It's <laughs> amazing to me, man. That's, but, but they that's were amazing. friends. They were friends, but he, he was, he stayed in character sort of. Yeah. yeah. Well, and one thing I just read, by the way, is that with the new Top Gun Maverick coming out, Tom Cruise said, I will not make this movie unless Val Kilmer's in it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which is amazing. So yeah, you're right. They are friends. Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer is going to be in the new movie. Although here's what was sad to me is that he, he had throat cancer a few years ago and he lost the use of his voice. And you know, the modern day Val Kilmer that's in this documentary is talking through a breathing tube. Right. And I mean, it's so sad. It sounds terrible. Yeah. Oh, it does. He sounds like he's, you know, really, really, really old and dying, but he's not. But what was sad to me though, is, you know, he had such a soothing voice. I always loved his voice. It was very calming and beautiful to listen to. To lose that is, it just saddens me, you know, and I know because I use my voice for a living too. It's, I don't know. It's just close to home. So I was really sad to see that, but I don't know how the heck they're going to get him to do this movie because yeah, it'll be interesting to see he's in it, but he doesn't have a voice. So I, I don't know what was amazing to me though, was that the, and I mentioned this when we talked about the preview of it, the documentary is narrated by a son, Jack who yeah. sounds a lot like him. It's so funny. A lot like Val. Yeah. So yeah, beautiful job voicing the documentary. It was amazing. I thought it was well done. It was inspiring. It was incredible to see some of that history, but it was also incredibly sad. And, you know, towards the end, it's just, I mean, personally, I hate seeing people go through pain and suffering. So for me, it was kind of difficult to watch. And I mean, I really started grieving. I don't know Val, but I was grieving for where he's at just because of what he's been through and, you know, some of the hardships he's faced. Right. But I I will say they did a phenomenal job capturing like Val's actual emotions. His particular emotions that he was feeling throughout, you know, the entire documentary where whether it was a flashback or whether it was current or whether it was the death of his mom or whatever you feel it like as the viewer, I was feeling it, how they filmed it, how they edited it together. And I mean, it was, it was one of the best well, jobs I think I've ever seen. And, I, and I, this, this bears mentioning big time is that I, I can't believe I forgot this. Uh, he, he was unique in that he recorded with a video camera everything he did back back in the day. Yeah, he has thousands of hours of video footage that he took himself of his life, basically. Yeah, and I mean, him and his brother used to make video, used to make little movies when he was a kid, yeah. and he lost his brother uh, at, a, at a young age. His brother died, I forget how, um, but um, but he has yeah, all these thousands of hours. Yes, that's right. He has all these. Yeah, that's right. He drowned in a in a bathtub or something like that, or no, a, hot, a tub, hot, hot tub. tub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he has all these thousands of hours of footage that he still has, and I think it would be fantastic if his son, when when Val finally passes, hopefully not too soon. Uh, I, I'm I'm wondering if they would ever consider releasing those in some sort of you know volume or whatnot. Yeah, I uh, because I mean he he'd film him he'd film his movie sets, he'd film uh, his home life. He'd film him going to the grocery store sometime. I mean, just, just anything. He filmed everything. So 
Yeah, it was. In fact, that, they, that was fascinating. They showed a room with boxes and boxes and boxes of all of the film tapes or whatever, you know, that he had done the home movies. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, because you're right. He started doing that as a kid in the 70s. And then he even said he was one of the well, according to him, he was the earliest person he knew that had a video camera. Right. And then, you know, recorded it all the way through, like you said, Juilliard and stuff like that. So they're recording Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon and all that it was really interesting. Kind of all that yeah, stuff. And they had old right. footage of the whole Top Gun crew, you know, back when they were filming that. Right. And it was kind of fun. Like you see a little bit of Val's cockiness, but then you see his seriousness and you see his humility at the same time, too. And then you see, you know, he's filming himself as he's dealing with the grief of his mom dying at the funeral and he's crying on and you're just like this is really hard to watch you know wow yeah, so it's, it, it's incredible how they did this he's just a very dynamic human being yeah. that's that's how i would sum up val kilmer yeah it's sad to see where he's at but i got to tell you if you have any interest in val kilmer at all this is a, a this is a must watch this is like a hundred percent recommendation from me anyway yeah. I, I think would you agree i hundred percent yep. yeah it's a phenomenal documentary again it's a little hard to watch with the sadness but it's it's phenomenal well done. And where, Good job. Where can guys. they watch it? Is it a prime? It's was prime. It? Amazon uh, prime. Yeah. yeah. Amazon prime video. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Really, really good. All right. Well, we got a, we got, a, this was all live unedited uncut. I hope you enjoyed this. I know that you are listening to some books right now, which let's do this next week after you return yes. so that it's like the one end book. of the trip. Okay. One book. Yeah. It's been something you've been listening to on the trip. So when you're back next week, we get to hear all about that. For sure. But this has been fun. I think our, our first little go around of, uh, hey, by the way, don't mess up. We can't edit. <laughs> I think it went fine. I think it went okay. Yeah. Nice job. We're so good. Good job. All right. Well, in the meantime, though, join us at realbrianshow.com slash 295 for the show notes and everything like that. And then next week, we're going to do video. Maybe we'll release it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But what I will tell you this is it's time for Deep Thoughts with Captain Influence. I think a good adage would be, if you let a cat out of a bag, be ready to run. If you let a dog out of the bag, have a towel handy. Now you know what the music means. Do I? (laughs) Do any of us really know what the music means, Brian? Honestly? I think we should write it. You know what? If anybody's getting a master's or I guess a PhD and wants to write a dissertation right now, this would be a good one. Do we really know what the music means? (laughs) Because I don't. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. Have a glorious week. Real Brian Show signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.